episode of the Classic Pickup Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whips, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This podcast is sponsored by Classic Pickup Supplies, your number one Ford and Chev pickup parts supplier. Mention Classic Truck for a 10% discount off your first order. Classic Pickup Supplies, located in Coolum Beach, Queensland. Call 07 5446 2667. Or visit their website, www.classicpickupsupplies.com.au. Classic Pickup Supplies, dedicated to the restoration and preservation of the pickup. Episode 22, Shane Peterson. This week I catch up with Shane and have a good chat about his Dodge D5N pickup truck. Originally it was his dad's. His dad's pretty well known in the Melbourne scene if you've been around for a while. He was known as the Burnout King, John Peterson. So really good chat we had about uh, John and, and his history of driving Ford Zephyrs and racing them and doing burnouts and, and the history behind the old Dodge truck that ended up being bought by Shane and he's bringing it to completion. It's nearly on the road. So I really hope you enjoy this uh, episode. It's, um, it's filled with a bit of family passion, which is really cool and a bit of old Melbourne hot rod history. I wanted to do a quick shout out to some guys who contacted me through email. I appreciate the feedback. Uh, Noel Hattie contacted me. He's got a 42 to 46 jailbar Ford that he's restoring. Uh, Tim Proud doing a Bedford A2. James Buttle who's uh, restoring a 40 Ford pickup and Bill Pilgrim that rang me, uh, that emailed me with some information. So really appreciate the feedback. It's nice to hear that people out there are listening and uh, enjoying the podcast. Always happy to get some feedback and, and good to get some ratings on the iTunes app as well. Helps us get up the rank, rankings a little bit. So thanks again for listening to the podcast and enjoy this episode. Shane, thanks for coming on board and having a chat to us on the podcast today, mate. How are you? No, I'm good, thanks. Yourself? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'm good now. I had a migraine this morning, so I had a bit of a shit day, but it's got better. So I, uh, it's all good. Mate, um, why don't we start off... Uh, <laughs> going back to the start for you so you know what are your first automotive memories what what do you remember that you know the first time you saw a car and, and what got you excited mate I, I just kind of i was born into cars i had no choice my father was always into cars before i was born and just grew up around it and that's how it was i thought that was normal but apparently not <laughs> <laughs> it is for some yeah <laughs> yeah, Dad just like um, he was into all sorts. He was into his burnouts, his um, show cars, drag cars. He done all of the above with his car, and that's just how it was at our house. That's yeah, yeah. So every weekend for you was just getting dragged around to a different show. That's about it. Yeah, if it wasn't a show, it was a drags or a burnout comp or. Yeah, some of that or whatever it was. Our family life evolved around cars and, yeah, that was it. Oh, that's cool. If it wasn't like, if there wasn't no shows on, it was like the Age Building in Melbourne or Cherry Lane or Pipe Road or Mole Factory or one of those things, you know. <laughs> Melbourne people will understand what I'm saying. 
Yeah, <laughs> they'll know the history. So, so what was the first car? <laughs> what was the first car you drove personally? Me personally, I had a XP Falcon Coupe. Yep. It started off as six cylinder four speed. It ended up with three or two winter, couple loader, nine inch nitrous, because you had to have it back then. So, and that was my everyday car. Yep. Would that be the the car you learnt to drive in, or did you first drive in one of your old man's cars? My first drive was a Mark II Zephyr U, which was one of Dad's cars. It was a red oxide primer Mark II U. Had the original like one foot fifty five cube motor and Celica five speed, which was like advanced in those days. <laughs> <laughs> and the first <laughs> the first time I drove, I got my learnings. I came home. It was like pissing down rain. And Dad goes like, right, we got in the sunshine. It was like, really? <laughs> and, yeah. First time I drove, it was like dark, pissing down rain. And that's how it was. <laughs> no, well, you might as well learn in those conditions, then you can drive in anything, hey? It only got better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. yeah, after that, it was all. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. I was pretty lucky, though. Dad was like, yeah. He was good. Yeah. And and was he was he just professional car driver in any way, or was he still doing a nine-to-five and and then wrenching after all that? No, Dad, Dad ran a wrecking yard called yep. Fat Jack's Ford Park, and he was professional on the weekend, but not during the week, you know? He, um, he loved his cars. He always worked on cars. There was always cars in their shed or in their street or wherever it was. There was always cars. And he made a living from wheeling and dealing, which he could do back then. And that's just, yeah, that's how I grew up. Yeah, cool. So if, if you pranged a car or blew a diff or something, were you allowed to just roll in and help yourself? Or what was the rules from getting parts from Dad's shop? No, he got me the tools. He said, fix it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I went to do what I can, you know. Yeah. And what do you do yourself as a profession? Are you are you in the car, in the car business? Yeah, as a living, I'm a mechanic. Yeah. Um, mechanic, come tire fitter. I work at tire power, so I'm not a qualified mechanic. I only know what I know from doing what I've done over the years. But I sort of, I do it right at my job. Yeah. Most qualified mechanics sort of come along and it's like, yeah, right. <laughs> Have you actually done it? And they're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. But <laughs> like, what, while you were at school, I was actually doing it, you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they probably don't know how to tune a carby or, you know, anything older than fuel injection. A lot of the new mechanics, they just plug it into a computer and work it out. Old school stuff, I'm all right. Tune a holly, do the timing, sort of busy. Yeah, no problem. But like today's standards, you need to be like a, an electrician and a plumber to change your motor. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. A little bit different than it was 30 years ago. So. Yeah. And, and so tell us a bit about your old man. I mean, he, you know, he made himself famous doing burnouts, but 
What What was the start for him? How did he get in the cars? What's your memory or knowledge of that? Mate, as far as I know, Dad was into cars from like when he was like when he was like twelve years old. Dad just liked cars. Yep. That's how it was. When he was, I think it was twelve years old, he bought a car and he used to hide it around the corner from his parents because he had a paper route and he used to do the paper route in the car he bought. <laughs> And then one man found it, so she took the keys and she commanded the car, you know. <laughs> and from that day on, he was just like into cars. Uh, I can't tell you a day where my dad didn't have some sort of different, unusual, modified car. They were normally Zephyrs of some description, but like... The day I was born, he was just into cars. Yeah, you never stood a chance, did you? No, I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) But I thought it would be Ford. But somehow, because he had the Dodge for so long, it was like, I ended up with the Dodge. Yeah, so so let's talk about that. That that was your dad's just run-around truck. He used to take cars to to the shows and things in the back of it, by the look of things. (laughs) <laughs> it was just a worky. Yeah. That's all it was. Yeah. And it got worked pretty seriously. And look, I've seen four tons of red gum in the back of that year, besides all other things, but he bought it probably would have been late eighties, maybe early nineties. And it was just a workhorse. That's all it was. And probably three or four years later, he bought a Nissan Patrol, brand new one. It's like, oh, this will be all right. We'll put the Dodge in the back paddock. And the Patrol lasted about four months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then he sold it and he dragged the Dodge back out. It's like, that Patrol can't do nothing with those Dodge. <laughs> and over the years, it like, yeah, it got crashed, it got bashed and had a couple of different fronts on it, so ended up with disc brakes and power steering, and then he just drove it and drove it and drove it and done all sorts of weird things in it and still got it. Yeah, that's a, that's a long time. It's it's cool because, you know, you, I listen to um, a couple of podcasts in America and, you know, they, they talk to guys and they're, they're driving a truck their grandfather bought brand new from the dealership in 1950, you know, and and there's not a lot of that sort of heritage in Australia as far as, especially with the pickup scene, because, you know, a lot of guys might have dad's original Tirana or something like that. But to to have a Dodge that your old man owned for 30 years, is that's a pretty special thing. Yeah, it is. And back then it was just a Dodge. Mm. Like, it was a work it had done what it did. The later model cars couldn't keep up, so he kept it. And, yeah, still here today. Yeah. It's had a few mods on the way, but, um, yeah. It, it had a 245. Like, it had an old 245, and it's like a two-ton truck, but I've seen it with four-ton of firewood in the back. <laughs> and I'm not talking like 10Ks up the road. I'm talking from a Chuka to Melbourne, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Load it up. So, yeah, so it's a, it's a 1976 D5N Dodge. Um, 
So when you yeah. got when you got it off when you bought it off your old man and uh, decided. So did you did you just drive it like that for a while, or did it go straight in for a rebuild? How what happened there? No, it was already off the road. Yeah. Yeah, it had no motor because it had a two four five in it, and when I bought it, it had a um uh, a Cleveland dummy block sitting in it, which actually sat in quite well, but sort of didn't didn't fit the part, if you know what I mean. Like it's it's a Chrysler, so it shouldn't have a Ford. Yeah. So I bought a donor car from Queensland that had a 360 with pedal block heads and wear manifold, overdrive auto, uh, positive lock, data 70 diffs. So I put all that running gear in it and I got it fired up just in time. Like, I'd heard it run before he passed, but he didn't get to actually see it drive, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah cool. No, it's um, it's a bloody good-looking truck, I tell you. So you've got, what, like 19.5-inch Alcoa's on the on there? Yeah. Yeah, 19 by 8.5. Yep. Um, yeah, Julie's on the back. It's F250 disc brake front end, F250 down a 70 rear end with, um, 488 Posi Lock Center, but um, like the wheels, the front brakes, the vision, the vision was dad's, and I've just sort of finished what he started, you know. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Bit of a tribute, really. Yeah, I don't know about it. Yeah, it probably is. It's um, it's what he wanted, but it's also what's pretty good for the truck. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah, the auto's a A518, so it's an overdrive, so you can run a, it's got a 488 rear end, and it, if it wasn't overdrive, you couldn't do that, because it's like 80, 85Ks, kind of had enough. Mm. So you push a button, and the overdrive comes in, and it'll sit on and 20 nows. Yeah, that's nice. Did you have to narrow that rear axle, or, or did that that fit in there with those wheels okay? No, it's a standard rear. Yeah. I had to widen the yards, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see that. Just a little bit. <laughs> They're um, 56 F100 rear guards, and they come standard as 300 mil wide. But I had to add another inch, because... The back guards on it now are 4.42 maximum width, and the maximum width in Vic is 4.44, so just makes it under the maximum width. Mm. Yeah, I I have to do very similar with I'm building a Chev truck, and it's got um, Julia colours on the back, and yeah, I've got to try and maybe widen my bed a little, and then widen the guards and make it all fit. So that's that's coming up for me as another project. So, no, it's good to see how yours looks. <laughs> it's different. That's, it's like the old dare to be different, you know? Yeah. And so, so apart from the Dodge, what do you, what do you drive? Are you, are you still a Ford man in that way? I still drive an XH Falcon U. 
Yeah, that's all I got. It's like, it's a little bit different, but it's nothing special. It's just a ute, you know. Uh, if I had more coin, I'd probably have, like, three cars in my shed, but <laughs> I don't, so the Dodge is my project. Uh, yeah, that's cool. That's the kind of thing that it'll never leave my family. I got my two sons and one cousin in particular who are like, when I'm gone, that's, they can fight. <laughs> you know? Just going to let them fight over it. <laughs> that's what I said. It's like, I'm not choosing. Whoever wins the fight can fucking have it. <laughs> just, just tell them whoever looks after you the best when you get older uh, gets to keep it and hopefully they can all spoil you. It's not even that. It's whoever looks after it the most. Yeah. It's not about me, it's about the snark. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool. Dad had a lot of cards, but that's the one that he owned for the longest, so yeah. Yeah. And yeah. even number plates on it, like people said number plates. They go on that like it's like yeah, they're normally on a Zephyr, not on Dutch. <laughs> but that's where I ended up, you know. And, yeah, right. So they they were his plates that he'd, he'd have on his um, drag car or his burnout car? Yeah, it was... You couldn't spot a pinpoint. It was a drag, burnout, street car. It was just... It was his car. Yeah. He'd, he'd race on the weekend. He'd come home. He'd do a burnout. Now, next weekend, he'd come home. Mum would drop me to school on it on Monday or Tuesday and... It was just his car. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And it, it turned out to be a pretty well-recognised and well-respected car over the years, you know. Uh, tell, tell us a story, uh, Shane. I mean, you know, JP ended up, you know, you got you got the moniker, the Burnout King, and um, what what's the story? How did that start? What What's the story with the Burnout King? Well, that started at Heathcote one day. There was a guy in a Jeep, and I can't remember his name, but he had a Jeep drag car, which is like big horsepower, short wheelbase, big trouble, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and he he ended up breaking an axle, and he, um, yeah, he rolled his car and totally destroyed it. So Dad done a burnout for, um, like, charity as such. I'll do a burnout, you put money in the hat. So he went down the strip and back up the strip and he raised quite a lot of money for that fella. Oh, I wish I knew his name. A lot of people would, but I just can't remember it right now. And that's where it all sort of started. And it just went from there to, well, it wasn't summer that then, it was Easter that. And just, Kicked on from East and that to summon that, and he won multiple burnout trophies. And um, oh, I got Australian drag racing trophies in my lounge room from him. You know, and yeah, he done quite well for a street car that was used on a daily basis. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's he not... would drive to the racetrack. He'd, he'd drive to the racetrack with me and my sister in the back seat, jack and spare wheels in the boot, take them out, change the wheels, 
win whatever, put it back in your pit, change your wheels, drive home, take him to school the next day, you know? <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's when it used to be simple, isn't it? Like these days you got a, you got your car and a trailer and you got a pit crew and all sorts of things going on. Yeah, it was different then. It's, he hated trailer cars. He's like trailer crew. <laughs> yeah. No, it was different. But back then, your car was your car. That was what you drove. That was you had done in it. And if you'd made it though, well done. Uh, if you didn't, try again next weekend. <laughs> yeah. And did you did you follow in his footsteps and do a bit of racing? Oh, I did a little bit. Um, not so much official. Yep. I was more like Dad showed me when I was a lot younger where the backstreet places were. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yep. So he used to do all that with me, mates. And <laughs> I don't know. If, if you're from Melbourne, you'd know like the Malfatchy, Cherry Lane, Pike Road, Futura Road, the Age Building. That was sort of the standard Friday night, you know. Uh, it's a bit different than now because it wasn't like wasn't so out of control. Yeah, a bit more controlled and yeah. Yeah, and would, would the cops ever? Like today's standards. Would the cops ever roll up at those? No, those things are not pretty quiet. No, they wouldn't because it was like it's not like today. There wasn't like 400 people there and everybody in their mum's car and it was just the, the genuine people that were sort of into it. Yeah. And they'd done what they did. They went down to the coffee shop and had a coffee and they talked about it, you know. And, but that's that's a few years ago now because, like, I'm 56 now. So I'm talking about 16, not 20. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And your boys <laughs> your boys are into their cars, obviously? Oh, yes and no. They, they're into cars, but not not like Dad was, not like I was. They're, they've got nice cars, but they're not... Um, they're not... How do I say? They're not into killing tyres. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's bloody expensive, isn't but it? But their cars are neat. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Is that why... That's where it's changed. That, that's why you work at a tyre joint now? I don't know. I worked at a tyre joint until I worked out what to do in my life, and I never did. <laughs> so I still work at a tyre joint. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um, so with, with your truck, you've got that on full reg? That's just a daily driver? No, nah, it's full reg. It's still not actually finished totally. Uh, I um I hotwired it so I could do Dad's funeral with it. And it had no headlights, no taillights, no nothing, but we done that. <laughs> that wouldn't make that smile, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it is it it is always gonna stay on full wedge, so I can always keep Dad's number plates on it. Yeah. Uh, um yeah, that, that's how it'll stay. <laughs> no, that's really cool. I, I, I never want to lose those plates, so. Yeah. They're pretty recognisable, not only in Melbourne, but like Australia-wide. 
if you're into the burnout car scene. So they'll always stay on it. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I came across um, the John Peterson Burnout Master Appreciation Society on Facebook. Um, so I was, scroll- yeah. I was scrolling through, having a look at some photos and videos, and, and there's a video of a, a bit of a final, final send-off, and, uh, and you're in the car putting waste to a good set of tyres, and uh, that looked like it was a bit of an emotional day for you guys. Yeah, it was a struggle, to be truthful. Uh, to a lot of people, it was really good, but I, I found it hard that day. Uh, but I know Dad would have loved it, so that's why it sort of happened. Yeah. It would have been really easy to back out that day. But, um, yeah, look, Dad loved his burnouts. People loved Dad's burnouts. Peter Gray was a good friend of Dad's. There was a lot of um, opposition into why was it a chef, but Peter Gray was a really good friend of that, so that's why it was a chef, but done the deed. And, and yeah, uh, to um, to stand in front of 20,000 people in dead silence via father was like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was different. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, he was—he yeah. wasn't a big fan of Chev's, was he? He had a t-shirt. He used to wear the the Chev t-shirt. That t-shirt still is. I've got that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's still in my room today. But yeah, in the end, Dad turned to like um. And don't get me wrong, Dad used to like bagging Chev's. Holden, whatever it was. But he appreciated good craftsmanship yeah. and good workmanship. Yeah. And if it had a chrome bumper, he would like it. He just wouldn't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, it really changed from like the 70s to the probably the 90s where it was all it was all chrome bumper, Monaro's, GDs, whatever it was, had a chrome bumper. And sort of, towards the end, as long as you had a chrome bumper, that would look at your car at least, you know? And, and he would probably even like it, but he just wouldn't tell you. <laughs> yeah, we all, we all grew up with some form of an allegiance and, and, you know, it's no different to following a football team, is it? Like you sort of, you pay out on all the other car brands, but it's pretty obvious they all still work and they all do the job. So it's all just a bit of shit stirring. That's all it was. At the end of the day, you need someone to compete against. And it was Ford or Holden that like, it's just, I think it's a game you play in that situation, you know? Uh, you might like a Holden, but you would never say it because, like, I'm a Ford boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, won't, <laughs> you, you wonder what it's like these days for kids growing up. I mean, you've got Hyundai's, Sanyong's, uh, you know, like, there's a million brands now. Like, you know, you get around, <laughs> you get around Melbourne in the 50s, it was a 
you know, it was a Ford or a Holden. There might have been a Chev and a Chrysler, and that was about your choice. That's it, yeah. And most of them made it odds. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I had a, I had an XB GLE coupe, and I blew the motor up in it. And the guy wanted to swap me like a 327 first minute, so I blown up XB GLD. Like, yeah, I'll do that, mate. Fucking cool, you know? And said to the old man, I go, oh, I just want my GLD for a Monaro. <laughs> He's like, that's all right. Where are you going to live? That <laughs> 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 yeah. was my dad. He was like, he was one eyed as far as I come. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I bet. So, yeah. I bet you wish you had one of them in the shed still. I wish I had either of them in the shed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like an XBG coupe with a factory roof, that would be worth money. Mm. And a HK327 Monaro would also be worth money. Yeah. So, yeah. But they were just cars. It's like, nah, don't worry about it. I'll get another one next week. That's how it was back then. Mm. Yeah. No, that's cool. And like, Mum drove a um, a yellow ochre XYGD, and I hated that colour. I was like, "What are you doing with that for?" And I wish I had that fucking GD now. Man. Yeah, yeah, I bet, I bet. yeah. <laughs> And so, do you know do you know what your dad's love affairs with Zephyrs was? Like, I mean, you know, he could have easily been in a you know a Falcon or you know anything else but he, he sort of he went Mark 1 Mark 2 Mark 3 didn't he he stayed loyal to a Zephyr yeah he raced um Mark 1 Zephyr Speedway car then he went Mark 2 as a streeter race car then he went Mark 3 but um from what I understand have you ever heard of Kenny Spence no the Kerrang kid with a Mark 2 Zephyr no he comes from Kerrang yeah that was like before dad stayed I'm talking late 60s. But I walked in one day and Dad showed me a picture. And he said, do you know who that is? I said, yeah, Ken Spence. He said, that's the reason I had Zephyrs. So I think Ken Spence was the main reason my dad went to Zephyrs. And he had a, um, a 289 copper jet powered two, um, Mark II back in the early 60s, and it was, like, unheard of. And it was a fast car. Mm. He used to drive from Kareem to Calder, kick ass, drive back home with a trophy. And, yeah, I think that's why Dad ended up with Zephyrs. No, that's cool. That's real cool. So now now that the Dodger's nearly on the road, you know, you've you've obviously... um, unofficially driven it a little bit. How does it handle? you happy with the way it goes? Yeah, I'm quite happy, eh? Uh, I, I drove the Kona car on a Covenant for, like, longer than I should have. <laughs> <laughs> and flogged it a bit more than I should have. <laughs> but it goes pretty hard. And, no, I'm happy with it. i just got to uh, finish the interior and get the electricals done. Which is all organised. So, in the next probably two, three months, it'll be finished. So, 
No, not cool. to show standards, to like strict ear standards. No. Mm. It'll never be shiny. It will always be flat back because that's the way Dad likes it. So I just leave it like that and drive it. Yeah. And all the um, all the louvers in the truck was that something your old man had in there already, or or that something you put in there? Nah, Dad had the bonnet done. Dad had some boys done. It was like that truck is what Dad wanted. Dad had the wheels. All I really done was um, buy the truck and buy a donut truck for the running gear. The only thing you had the donut truck was the running gear. Um, it's an F F one fifty Sun Visor that's been narrowed, so it's got a lot. The down slant instead of the up slant, like most of them. Yeah. And the bonnet's got like 250 louvers in it. So. And even the bonnet, like you look at the bonnet, the sun visor, there's about 300 louvers. And at 10 bucks each, it's a little bit expensive. (laughs) 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 The only thing I really changed was that Dad had a Cleveland sitting in it. But. With the donut truck, I bought bought the 360 with the Edelbrock heads and shit, and um, overdrive auto, and the donut this, and just I changed motor box and this. What you look actually look at is what Dad wanted, mm. but the running gear is sort of what I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, had he already had it painted, or did you get all that done? No, nah, that's been sat in black for a long time. Yeah. Um, Dodgers don't have real good brakes, so it's probably had about five different fronts on it over the 40 years, 30 years. <laughs> so instead of painting the front in white, painting the whole trunk, sat in black, so he could just paint the guards and bonnet it as he smashed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And... <laughs> And, and that's how it'll stay. Uh, that that truck will never be shiny. That's. <laughs> uh, it's a beauty, mate. It's um, yeah, it's a that's a cool story, and it's um, it's good to I guess spread a bit of bit of knowledge to younger guys like me a bit about what what your old man did, and um, yeah, it's it's cool. It's cool that you know he sort of started what's become just an everyday uh, event at a show, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's strange. For me, it was like, oh, how do you put it? It's just what my dad did. And it's not till later on in the years you realise that what dad did wasn't normal. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It was like, oh, man, I don't know the word for it. <laughs> just different. Different, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like my mum picked fucking me and my kids up, me and my sisters up at school in what was just dad's car. But back then it was like a 12 second street car that like mum drove it. <laughs> to me it was just dad's car. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Oh, and now you got dad's truck and, and it'll live on in the family. It's That's a really cool story, Shane. No, I'd never leave. Hey. The truck and the plates will never leave my family. Yeah. Uh, no, that's awesome. I don't care who gets them. 
As long as it doesn't move. <laughs> yeah, cool. All right, mate. Well, yeah, it's strange. Thanks for uh, thanks for sharing your story with us. Really appreciate it, and um, and we'll post up some pictures of uh, of the Dodge and and some pics of the um, the Zephyr at work. It'd be it'd be good to see. And I, I think I've got to put up that picture of the the Chev T-shirt because we've got a lot of got a lot of Chev fans listen to the podcast, so they'll probably get a good giggle. <laughs> <laughs> I still got that T-shirt in my fucking wardrobe. Then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Classic. I have to fight with my sister. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. All right. Nah, thank you, man. No that's sure. like, yeah, to appreciate Dad and his car. That's like, that Dodge is Dad's car. Yeah, it's not really mine. I just own it. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. All right. Well, we look forward to yeah. um, to getting it finally legally on the road and and probably out to a few shows. Uh, it'll probably never be legal, but it'll be on the road. <laughs> it'll be on the road. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you yeah. didn't know my dad. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. We'll, uh, we'll catch up with you nah, soon. good, man. All right, mate. Thank All right. you. So, I appreciate it. Eh? No, no uh, worries. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Michael. Well, that's the show for this week. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. All information shared in our episodes is general and you should contact your engineer for advice on your build. Please remember to rate and review the podcast on iTunes and share it with friends and fellow enthusiasts on Facebook, iTunes, or the good old word of mouth. I appreciate hearing feedback, good and bad, so please feel free to shoot me an email, classicpickuppodcast at gmail.com. If you are interested in advertising on the podcast and have a relevant business, please get in touch. And finally, if you have a project you're building, it can be hard to find the time to work on it. Just spend 15 minutes a day, even if you only unbolt one panel or mount one bracket. You'll be amazed at how quickly it all adds up. The music you hear in the background of this podcast is called Hammer On Down by Uncle Bonehead. Until next week, enjoy the ride.